Hello, welcome to Remote Patrol. Oh boy, I'm going to keep practicing it, and I'll, I'll do it in a way that I'm happy with eventually. Um, I miss saying the word colon in the middle. Should I say? I'll admit it. Should I say colon? I, it, it's totally up to you, but it, it always entertains me. Okay, <laughs> I might keep it in actually. I'll, I'll right. We'll we'll I'll make a note of that. Well, next week, colon. Okay. Um, so this week we thought, well, because basically we were going to do an episode of this show per episode of Quantum Leap. And the the makers of Quantum Leap have, have screwed us over immediately in that the first two episodes are a pilot episode, as, as well you know, having listened to the first two episodes of this show. And they're kind of like one episode, but it's two episodes. So our episode two is Quantum Leap episode three. And unless we do a show where we don't discuss an episode of Quantum Leap, then we're going to be one out for the rest of this show. And and that will drive me insane. So, uh, what Scott thought we could do uh, is talk about our proposals for a return of Quantum Leap. And I, I you know, I really like that idea. We've had, we have ideas. And, and, Besides, Scott, you told me the title of your idea, and, and it was awesome. <laughs> it it does uh, give you a sense of the story right up front. It doesn't leave you wondering what the show is going to be about. Yeah. So this this episode of, of Remote Patrol, colon, oh boy, uh, we're going to be talking about that rather than an episode of Quantum Leap. And then, so yep. next week, our episode four will be Quantum Leap episode four, and I will sleep without thinking we about sh- it. We should put it right up front that considering the fact that we are going to be talking about a revival television series or perhaps some uh, um, ideas for possible films that they could have done after the series was canceled, most of these stories are going to be relying on elements from the show, which means th- th- this is a high spoiler risk throughout the entire show. Yeah, basically. Because I know I'm I'm bringing in uh, several points from, uh, for example, season five. Okay, okay. Um, I'm I'm kind of cool with all this, really. Uh, I I'm kind of hoping that anyone who's listening along and maybe watching along has kind of already seen Quantum Leap. Mm-hmm. And I I also hope that with with regards to any sort of future spoilers. There's nothing too spoilery about Quantum Leap, is there, really? There's no... I mean, I understand technically we might spoil a, a couple of plot points. But at the very worst, they are plot points for a few individual episodes. You've got the structure of this show. There's no there's no big thing that we're going to ruin. It, it's very difficult to ruin Quantum Leap. It, it's not like uh, you know, spoiling the, uh, the end point... Uh... The, the culmination of, of the series-long story for Lost. Or, oh, I or want break. to ruin that now you said it. because Well, do you know what? Ruining Lost is a public service. What, <laughs> what if there's someone I, out there who sits down to watch all of Lost, not knowing that it's garbage? I, that's, you know, it, it's, I feel a very strong sense of, of sort of civic responsibility. 
so to you speak. feel a sense of duty to the yeah. community yeah. to save people the trouble of sitting down to watch the entirety of Torchwood. I, I mean, Lost. Or, or, well, yeah, either is fine. Um, Lost was a horrible, horrible television series. I'll be honest, I've never seen a single episode. It was a horrible show. Um, Couldn't be asked to do it. I uh, watched all of it, and the the first series was pretty good, and it was good enough to drag you in. And then they sort of just dragged you along for a further five or six seasons, however long it was. Uh, and by the end of it, I don't think anyone really enjoyed the show. Uh, it, it wasn't good. It made no sense. It was all just about, just tell me why they're on that fucking island. Mm-hmm. Why are they on the island? Tell me why they're on the island. Are they all dead? And that was the first thing everybody said in season one. And then they went, no, don't be silly. They're not all dead. That would just be too straightforward. And so they dragged us along for however many seasons it was. And then at the end they went, hey, they're all dead. We guessed that seven years ago. You Mm -hmm. bastards. And by the end of it, people, there was just that one question that people were tuning in for. Why are they there? Mm. That was it. Any other uh, aspects of the plot that were happening at the same time, no one one cared. No one cared. They didn't even complete all the plot lines. You can watch all of Lost and be left with many unanswered questions because they just didn't care. They started writing and they didn't know why they were on the damn island. And so when they got to the end, went, yeah, they're they're all dead. It's purgatory, isn't it? Uh, Yeah, we guessed that seven years ago. You dragged us along for that. And now I'm angry about it. It was an awful show. Awful show. And I and and to to my uncle who was on the show, if you ever listen to any of my podcasts, which I know you don't, it's nothing personal. Who is your uncle? Uh, my uncle. Well, he was. At, it makes it sound bigger than it, than it actually is. He was an extra. Uh, he's been on many many television shows. All right. Um, in his time, uh, several episodes of uh, the Don Johnson series, Nash Bridges. I am. Um, he was on Lost. Uh, he's done at least one episode of Hawaii Five O, uh, possibly more. And uh, a couple of films as well. Excellent. Excellent. I was hoping your uncle was sort of like Sawyer from Lost or something like that. <laughs> Although I no, don't and- know how that would work from an age point of view because we're, we're probably not that much younger than Sawyer from Lost. Mm-hmm. And people wouldn't necessarily know it because anyone, I'm sure there are very few listeners out there who know what I look like. But uh, I am very much a, a Midwestern American uh, white white guy. I'm very white. And my uncle who was on these shows is very Hawaiian. So you're not going to make the connection right away. No, that's that's very very true. Hmm. We don't So now it's to... going to be a game. Hey listeners, if you can find my uncle on Lost, let us know. If you're right, I'll tell you. Do you know we we are such a racially undiverse country over here. I I really hate it. And you guys have a much better time with that. The idea that you would have an uncle that doesn't look anything like you is bizarre to me. But it's not to you, is it? That's not weird. That's not unusual. You're, you're no. one of you're one of millions of Americans probably who have family members, closely related family members, who who don't look like they should be probably. But well, this 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 one is mainly due to the fact that that my my aunt married a Hawaiian. So, there you go. Right. 
See, and then, of course, in America, a lot more Hawaiians knocking around than there are over here. No, that's true. Arguably, that's it's, true. it's where they all come from, you know. <laughs> um, but just, I was really checking that your, your uncle isn't Terry O'Quinn, uh, the no, actor. No, no, if wishing made it so. Yeah, that, that would be cool. It'd be like, <laughs> why, why has he never been on a show? Come on. He was on Star Trek, for God's sake. Um so yeah, lost awful. But we we're here to talk about Quantum Leap. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> one last thing about Lost: massive ensemble cast. Only one person has gone on to do anything else ever since. What does that tell you about the show? Hmm? Hmm? S- say that again. Only one person has really gone on to do anything of note since Lost ended, uh, and so I think that says a lot about the cast as well. Not, yeah, not, I, I believe it does. Not one career given a boost from being on a very popular seven-year television series, which is and usually it, the case, isn't it? You would think if you're an actor. Mm-hmm. Well, who who is this one person that you? Well, I was to? I was gonna uh, say Evangeline Lilly, who was in Ant Man most recently, mm-hmm. and the Hurt Locker and Real Steel with Hugh Ackman, the Hobbit movies unnecessarily. And yeah, I'm I'm not sure if we can credit Lost with having any sort of a positive impact on, on her career. Anyone else that I can think of from Lost that I actually know, they got to that show after doing whatever it was that gave them the uh, visibility in the first place. Terry O'Quinn has been in oh, oh every television series yeah, ever made. He's been in um, everything. And then we had, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, um, uh, Moynihan. Uh, oh, Dominic was, Monaghan was a Hobbit. Yeah, yeah Dominic, Dominic Monaghan. Yes, uh, he was. He was yeah, Mario. He was, he was in the Hobbit, and he oh, in X Men Origins Wolverine. I didn't know he was in that. Yeah, he's not in it for very long, and it's it, it's a mercifully short part because that movie is shit. Yeah. Ah, lost. Anyway, we Quantum Leap, Scott. Yes, Quantum Leap. We're here to talk about Quantum Leap with some spoilers. Yeah, just bear in mind there are not many uh, series-long or season-long uh, plot elements that are at risk of being spoiled. If there's going to be spoilers, it's going to spoil you know a moment from a particular episode. Yeah, you'll uh, be for, fine. for the most part. Um, there is the you know final episode. How does the series wrap up? We could spoil like how the show ends. And I'm gonna, we, we, that is gonna get spoiled in this episode because I do have to talk about it for my pitch. Um, but that's gonna be the biggest spoiler that anyone has to risk for any of our shows is okay. hearing the ending of the series. The rest, they're 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 moments, and they'll still be wonderful moments when you watch them, even if you see it coming. Yeah, and and to be honest, I kind of feel if you don't guess the end of Quantum Leap, you haven't seen enough television. <laughs> that's that's where it was. That's true. I, it's just of of course it ends how it ends. Of course it does. It would actually be a travesty if it ended any other way. Mm-hmm. But but hey. Well, since we're going to get to it, we'll we'll just put it right out front. Anyone who's worried about this, then turn off right now. the The series ends with um, uh, title cards. It's um, uh, messages that come up on the screen after the action of the episode is over. Um, and it states very clearly, Dr. Samuel Beckett never returned home. Yeah. 
So they tell us right at the end of the series, and apparently uh, series creator Donald Belisario was not a fan of this. Um, they didn't necessarily consult him before they put the stuff up there, but they made it very clear at the end of the series that he leaps forever. Does he leap until his body dies of old age? Does he become something else? We don't know. They don't tell us. All we know is that from that final episode until the end of Dr. Beckett's life, he never returns to New Mexico in 1999 and Project Quantum Leap. Bit of a downer. Yeah, bit of a downer. But you couldn't have him not keep leaping. He has to that, continue putting right what once went wrong. That that's it. That's it exactly. You can't you can't be like, no, I've helped enough now. You know, he has to keep going until he dies doing it. It's weird, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The the whole thing's weird. I I did always wonder that because he he replaces the the body of the person that he's leaping into. So what about when he's a really old man, and uh, that might cause problems? What if he dies of old age during a leap? Or, or something like that. It, it's really odd. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think they thought that one through. Well, but, my, my 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 pitch for the the revival series would would address that a little bit. So, okay, there there are ways that they can get around it. They just uh, have to explain it. Okay, well let's let's not hang on anymore. Imagine here we are. Then I am in. I am an executive in the the studio of whichever studio makes Quantum Leap. And I'm, I've got you in for a meeting. You are going to pitch me your new version of Quantum Leap. I am all ears, sir. All right, well, this is going to be a, uh, a rather poorly uh, constructed pitch. Uh, it's not going to sound very cohesive, but we're going to give it a shot anyway. Okay. As far as the network, it would have to be sci-fi. Because no one else is going to try to reach back that far and pick up a series like this and do it right. They're going to do it shitty if they bring it to CBS or ABC or Fox. So it would have to go to sci-fi as long as we get whoever it was that put together um, the sci-fi Battlestar Galactica and or whoever was running the second half of Stargate SG-1 and the Stargate uh, series that came after that. These are all quality shows, and whoever made those should make this one as well. The series, that we're, the series title that we're going to go with is Project Quantum Leap, colon, The Search for Samuel Beckett. I like it. I like it. I know. It, it's good. It, it is pregnant with potential, Isn't just it? in the title alone. Because the title tells you that the point of this series is to find out what happened to Sam. After we get that downer ending of he never returns home. Well, then what does he do? This series is going to tell us. We're going to start the series, pilot episode, title card down in the corner, setting it in the future. Don't know what year, but some year in our future. Probably a a good bit in our future. We're going to have one guy sneaking around, working his way into some important looking rooms at what is clearly that future version of Project Quantum Leap, which is obviously a huge facility. He's going to sneak his way into their version of the um, accelerator chamber, the Quantum Leap accelerator. He's going to jump in and he's going to disappear. Now we move to modern day. We would set if if we made this series, you know, these days we'd probably set it in 2017. Okay. 
we see a recreation of the set for Project Quantum Leap that they had in their version of 1999 in the original series. Yeah. We'll see the console for Ziggy with the, you know, blocky, very colorful plastic uh, console, the dome up in the ceiling. Everything is dusty. Everything's shut down. It's not getting used. And we get Dean Stockwell coming back to reprise his role as Admiral Al Calavici. And he is touring the old Project Quantum Leap facility. Yeah. Out of nostalgia. And for whatever reason, he steps into the imaging chamber. Just take a look at it. While he's in there, all the equipment suddenly springs to life. Lights come on. Sounds are being made. We hear a very familiar sound. And we see a blue glow appear behind Al. He turns around and he sees a person. That just showed up there. This person shows up in the original Quantum Leap Accelerator, the one that Sam stepped into in the pilot episode. He sees a guy standing there. It's the guy from that first scene who was sneaking around in the future. They stare at each other for a moment, and the guy steps forward and says, Admiral Calavici, my name is Christopher Chapel. I am the senior... We'll come up with a title. Maybe senior director, maybe um, uh, vice director of the International Quantum Leap Committee. Or some other title. Yeah. It's something to indicate that Quantum Leap is a much bigger project in the future. Okay. I'm here to help you find Dr. Samuel Beckett. Boom. Credits. That's the teaser. The rest of that episode and the rest of the season will follow Agent Chapel and Al working out of the original Project Quantum Leap base using Ziggy and all the equipment they have there to try to track down Sam and find out what happened to him. The reason that he is able to do this is because they found in the future they found a way to send an entire body completely from one spot to another through time. So he's not inhabiting someone else's body as long as he is there in 1999 at Project Quantum Leap. He was able to go from one accelerator to another. But he can't just go from an accelerator to some time and place that they choose. So they are still going to have to do the uh, leaping into a body for their leaps. But he was able to transport himself... it makes sense. You guys understand it. Yeah. So that that preserves the original concept, which is leaping into a body. And at some point, either in the first episode or in the first couple of episodes, it's we're going to get the indication that it's not just picking random times and going to it and seeing if we can happen upon Sam, wherever he may be. But Chapel has figured out that one of the reasons that Sam was never able to return home had to do with Lothos, the evil counterpart to Ziggy, their their leaping computer, yeah, and his evil leaper or leapers, perhaps he has a group or a legion or an army now of evil leapers that are going around causing havoc. They have something to do with it, and that much they know. So they are trying to track down evil leapers to get clues to figure out where Sam is. 
each leap will be sort of its own self-contained story, so that will give the procedural element that a lot of the you know networks and a lot of shows really like these days. Yeah. But most of these self-contained leaps will still have a tie-in to the overarching season-long story. And as the season goes on, they get closer and closer until eventually, by the end of the season, they find Lothos and they're able to have a confrontation of sorts between Chapel and Lothos. And we might have Al as the hologram. We might have someone else come in and be the hologram for this show. Don't know yet. But they're going to have a face-off. They're going to have a, a, a showdown with the evil leapers. And the first season ends on a cliffhanger where we discover that Lothos had reached the limit of its own potential and needed a little something extra in order to expand and send out multiple leapers and have a greater negative effect on history. And that's when we find out that somewhere in his travels, Lothos was able to snag Dr. Beckett out of his leap and hold him captive within the Lothos computer. Well, this is all very good. And his mind is being used to to help power the evil leaping computer. That's season one. I'm, I'm watching this. Go and make this now. <laughs> Green light. Honestly, I'm sold on this. I am sold on this. Who who do you have in mind for the, the lead role? I actually hadn't been thinking of anyone in particular. Okay. I, to, to entertain myself, I picture myself in that role, but I know I'm not going to be... I'm not going to be acting in any high-profile sci-fi series, so they would have to find someone else. I just don't know who. Well, I'll do it then. Oh, fine, it, fine. I, I'll do it. It's, <laughs> I'm the network executive. executive. I've, I've cast me in this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that works for me. Um, As, with, this, with the way the story is set up, we don't need Al very often. Actually, you know what? Yeah, we would have someone else be the hologram because Al has to be the oversight guy. He shows up every once in a while, but yeah, he doesn't it, have to be a regular or recurring character. He could just be the occasional cameo to make sure that his presence is still known. And we could get away with doing the entire first season and only have Scott Bakula show up in the season finale. This is a good plan. I, I like it. I, I like this a lot. Um, I, I, I don't know what I'd change, honestly. I really like this idea. That is brilliant. I would so watch that show. At some point, really we would, would have to explain the fact that uh, the reason Project Quantum Leap is uh, shut down and shuttered and dusty, and we have no idea where Sam is, is because at some point, after leaping for so long, he pulls himself away from Ziggy and the entire Project Quantum Leap, and he's doing this on his own now. He has evolved to a level that allows him to seek out a situation that requires correcting. And he leaps into it himself. Either he's able to intuit what is happening the same way that Ziggy does it, or he just becomes so badass a leaper that he shows up, give the guy five minutes, and he knows exactly what's going on. It's almost almost Sherlock in his skill yeah, at figuring out what the problem is. And he's guiding his own leaps at that point, which is why no one has any idea where he is. And do you want to? You want you want to hear the big uh, 
the big twist for the um for the series finale of course by the time we get to the season or the series finale we're shown a scene that takes place immediately before the very first scene of the pilot that tells the audience that moments before Christopher Chapel leapt back into 2017, Sam Beckett leapt into Christopher Chapel. Oh. And the entire series, it's been Sam. Oh. Oh, I like and, this. And we could do it one of two ways, depending on how we think the audience would accept it. Either A, he knew the entire time that he was Sam and he was just lying about it because for what we come up with a good reason why he was keeping it a secret from Al and everyone else. Either he, he was consciously keeping it a secret or he leapt back into 2017 knowing that in doing so he would remember his mission. He would remember why he did it, but the Swiss cheese effect of the memory would cause him to forget that he was Samuel Beckett the whole time. But how can he leap into 2017 when they talk about it all being within his own lifetime? That's that's my only question there. Well, then then, then you figure it out. I've done quite a bit of work. It's your okay, turn now. You okay. figure it out now. <laughs> well, I, one thing I always wondered when they talked about, you know, he can jump leap throughout time within his own lifetime like how does that work with his sort of future aging body because his but you know as we see his body never leaves project quantum leap it's sort of his consciousness that leaps throughout time and whoever's mm -hmm. consciousness he replaces moves into sam's body in project quantum leap mm -hmm. so what i'd actually figured was as that body continues to age and stay in whatever is the present day then surely the period in which Sam can leap around continues to ever expand to sort of present day. They never did that. They never did the, well, you can leap into anyone within your own lifetime. So here's some guy from last week. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It, it was always, let's go to 1958 or something I would have like to do that. some research to figure out what, what was the, the latest point in history that he ever leapt into. The one that, comes to mind is the I think we'd be looking at some of the 80s episodes there were a couple of 80s ones weren't there yeah um and I think that might be where we end up looking just which was the latest one in the 80s which is actually quite close I I forget that this show came out in well 1989 to 1993 maybe they didn't do as badly as I have always felt they did with that then well remember they were it was set in 1999. Yeah, when that was still the future. <laughs> yeah, the far future of uh, light-up lapel pins and high heel shoes with LEDs in them. Yeah, I, I kind of always felt that, you know, even when they made it, they, the future they were portraying was not a sort of a serious future as such. You know, like, they they never really thought that that was what it, life was going to be like in 10 years. 
Yeah, none they, of the producers thought it's only going to take a decade for everything to be made of neon. Yeah, they they didn't go with that. There, there's no sort of Star Trek future where they can, you know, the, the creators of Star Trek can plot you out the timeline of his, all the events that happen in our universe from today onwards and all that sort of thing. There's none of that. It's just sort of, it's in the future. Assume that in the future, cars make no noise. Neon is everywhere. Big lapels and stuff. And uh, just lots of flashing lights and that sort of thing. Uh, it was, I, I think this was sort of one of the later sci-fi series that didn't really exist before the invention of great quality CG. Mm-hmm. Uh, at which, in which case they might have tried to be a bit more adventurous with the alleged future. Uh, but, you know, the, the only quant- uh, computer effects on Quantum Leap were the, the, the leaps themselves, the blue flashy lights and the uh, imaging chamber door, that sort of thing. Incidentally, all done on the Amiga 4000 with the video toaster, the same exact system they used to make the special effects for Babylon 5. Because <laughs> that's what there was. If you wanted to do CGI... You got sort of 40 Amiga 4000s. I'm quite serious. You got about 40 of them, and you linked them all together, and you got a video toaster thing, which was a, a graphics creation tool uh, piece of hardware. Uh, I think, actually, invented by the same guy uh, who invented... You might have heard of the video TriCaster uh, that a lot of podcasters use today, and also that uh, documentary with Penn & Teller, Tim's Vermeer. Um which is a fantastic documentary film sort of thing. Uh, but the guy that they're covering, Tim, is the guy who invented the video toaster and all and the TriCaster and stuff like that. I'm looking that up right now. I'm going to see if I can find that documentary on uh, Oh, it's Netflix. brilliant. It's brilliant. It's I'll, I'll, Quick side note, asterisk, sidestep of Quantum Leap, Tim Vermeer, uh, the painter Vermeer, uh, was known for, for painting almost photorealistic paintings. Uh, and it, it's been a, apparently a point of contention within the art world for, for centuries of how the hell did he do that? Um, and no one's really been able to replicate it. And so this guy, Tim, uh, who is a painfully clever individual, as you might imagine, what with the word invented in his resume, uh, I always find that quite impressive, uh, sets about, he just takes it upon himself, like, I'm going to figure out how this guy did it. And the response is always, but you can't paint. You, you've you never, yeah, I don't care. I'm going to figure out how he did it. And I'm going to make an exact copy of Vermeer paintings. And so they basically <laughs> follow him going on this scientific journey of how the hell did this guy do it? And if he can do it, I can do it. And the quest is to finish the movie with a, a perfect copy of a Vermeer painting. And it's brilliant. <laughs> it, it, it's just brilliant. Because, uh, kind of, spoilers, he figures it out. <laughs> it would be awful otherwise. Of course, he figures it out of how he did it, and it, it's mm-hmm. brilliant. I'm way off track now. Wow, that was the biggest That was the biggest thing ever. Uh, Sidestep side <laughs> ever. Um, I like your show, Scott. I would like that to be made. I would watch that show. I really would. I think my, my ideas uh, for a continuation of Quantum Leap aren't a billion miles away. I I think that a very popular future series idea would be sort of finding Sam or continuing the work of Sam. I I 
I would be deeply hurt if they did a total reboot of Quantum Leap. Oh, you mean disregarding the entirety of the original run? Yeah. If you they... can, yeah, you can do that. You cannot you cannot remake the show and toss out the 5 years of canon that they've already made. No, you you can't do that and that that would be that would just be wrong. So I think that you know, cuz my idea included the son of Sam Beckett going and looking for his father by doing all of these leaps. It, I really hadn't thought it through as intricately as you have. Um, nor have I come to the conclusion as to how Sam Beckett got a son. But right. again, the kind, kind of the point was, I would like to do that, so it has to be his son. Really. Cause well, yeah, if, if you're going to be the star, then, then yes. Uh, yeah. There's a, a viable story option that you could bring in but it would, it would not allow you to star in the show because he does have a daughter. Yeah. Spo- spoilers: the trilogy from season five ends with uh, the revelation that Sam fathered a child during a leap, and since, and since he, um, he was the one there. It's his. Daughter. They found they found a way to science the explanation and say that it was his genetic material that he left behind yeah and thus it was his daughter um i'm i'm (laughs) now i'm newly looking forward to that trilogy so i can hear how they explain that because i don't think they explain it as well as you'd like it to wait a minute you know what i think yeah i think that they explain the story away as and this is throughout the entire series, as Sam is physically leaping in, but everyone around him still sees the person that he leapt into. Because right. another um, explanation that will that will back this up, do you remember the episode where he leapt into um, uh, a veteran soldier who had lost both his legs? Ah, but Sam could walk, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do remember that episode. And when he leapt into the chimp, he was able to stand up tall and kickbox a whole bunch of guys into unconsciousness. Absolutely. But he looked like a chimp. So, going with the assumption that it's the physical body that goes, that's how he was able to father a child. And we were told that his daughter was working at Project Quantum Leap in 1999. Yeah. And Al knew who she was and talked to her. So at some point she would have to be told the lost Dr. Samuel Beckett is your dad. Do you want to go look for him? Oh, that's clear. There's, yeah, there's your series. That's where my series starts. Absolutely. And I, I'm okay with it. You know, I think we should have two women in the lead roles because they're not going to let me do it. And I wasn't dead set on it being a man. I just wanted, I wanted it to be me specifically. <laughs> so if it can't right. be me specifically, I, I really don't care. Um, Here, here's an idea. I, I've I've found a way to link that idea for your show and my show. All right. Um, Sa- I think it was Sammy Joe. I think was the name of Sam's daughter. Yeah. Sammy Joe is the hologram in Project Quantum Leap: colon, The Search for Samuel Beckett. Oh, I was I was thinking she could be the leaper. You know what? There's no reason why we can't have both of them. And any given episode, one of them leaps, and the other's the hologram. 
because they've figured out a way to come back. We use the New Mexico setting for Project Quantum Leap in 2017 as the home base of operations. They go out, they do a leap, they come back, and then they work out of that base. And then they go out on another leap, and then they come back. So they choose whoever, it's like, oh, we're going to leap into a woman? Well, let's have Sammy Joe do this leap. And Chapel will be the hologram, and then switch around the next time. My only apprehension with that is that we did get a lot of fun from seeing Sam leap into a woman. Oh, we would definitely have to do uh, gender-crossing leaps every now and again. We would come up with reasons to do it. Okay, well, as long as we can do that, then that's that's. Co- I, w- I just wouldn't want to uh, cut that out altogether, because that, that was some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And and do you know what? You got some nice gender equality issues raised by Sam having to wear high heel shoes and makeup and be sexually harassed at work and all that sort of thing. I I like the issues that it raised. I especially like the issues when it was that the the one where he was being sexually harassed as a woman, and then as as you've pointed out, he still has the physicality of Sam, so he can kick the shit out of the guy at the end of the episode, which is very satisfying. Uh, oh, you got that in the opening credits at, at some point in the series. I can't remember what season, but clearly dressed as a woman with the with the dress and the hat with the with the little uh, uh, like net veil down over his face. Yeah, and he and he clocks the guy with a um, with a clutch purse yeah. right in the face, and he gets that little eyebrow raise uh, right after that that everyone really enjoyed. See that yeah. those are good moments, and at the same time, they also look at equality from. A different angle when Sam leaps into a rape victim. Yes, that I remember that being a very powerful episode because we get to the end of that show and it's Sam on the witness stand at trial, and they have found a way to get the um, the victim of the rape, the person that Sam leapt into. They brought her from the waiting room into the imaging chamber. And she came with Al to be a hologram, and then she gave her testimony, and then Sam repeated it. And they did that for the first several sentences, and then eventually the the producers and the director faded Scott Bakula's voice out, and then they just focus on, on on the girl that is a hologram. And we hear her giving the rest of the testimony. Do you know, I, I think this might be a show to watch to make you a better person. Much like Star Trek. <laughs> It never occurred to me to look at it in that way, but they cover some really important issues, and they always do it very uh, sensitively and from the right angle. Um, it's it's actually really well done. You, that's just really just opened up a whole new mention, dimension of Quantum Leap. Yeah, I, I never uh, remember seeing any... Uh, well, here's something you would never see on Quantum Leap. You would never see Sam leap into um, a homosexual... And then the entire script just plays for laughs. All the awkward situations. Oh, he's gay. Isn't that awkward and funny? That's not any. That's not the sort of humor that they would ever go for. No, they they were very sensitive about it all. He did leap into the body of a gay person at least at one point that I'm aware. Um, mm-hmm. But the whole point was about. Uh, wasn't it that the person who leaped into was murdered by by people? I wanted uh, homophobe people and that sort of thing. That was in the 50s. Pro- so many things in the 50s. Um, I'm actually just being reminded by the IMDb trivia that 1958 is the most leaped into year. 
Was it 1958? I scrolled off. Yeah, 1958. Mm-hmm. It always felt like 1958. Um, so they, they use it to cover some really, really heavy issues, but do it so well. And maybe we could do that more with a male-female combo. And mm-hmm. it, especially, like you suggest, if, if, if on alternate episodes or whatever, one of them is the Leaper and the other one is the Hologram. This this is this is shaping up to be a really cool Quantum Leap television revival. I'm so glad. Do you know what? I'm so glad they never did a movie. Because there was there was talk of that for years. Yeah, everyone wanted them to do that. Everyone who was disappointed that the series was canceled wanted them to come back in some way. And they figured since the series was canceled, they're not going to bring it back as a series. Maybe they can come back and do a movie. Yeah, which it might have been okay. If it had been a made-for-TV movie, it would have stood a better chance at being successful. But if they tried to make a big-budget Hollywood film, then I think it would have... I don't think it would have made it through production. Because in order to do a story that is true to Quantum Leap, you need to rely on the five seasons of stories that they laid out. But the executives and the producers whoever's bankrolling it would not have trusted that. They would have said, no, we need something that new people can come to and and start from scratch. Yeah. And that would require either way too much time spent explaining how everything works or changing the rules of their own game to make the movie work. So you get what, what Star Trek fans would get Anytime we went to go see a Next Generation movie, which is, but that's not how, you had seven years of this show on television to set the rules, and now you're breaking your own rules. Yeah. That's not how that piece of equipment works. That's not what that thing does. Yeah, like we've had all those people on the bridge for seven years with the Enterprise working well, but you felt for the movie that we needed two extra control panels on either side of the bridge just to make it look more spectacular. But we need to ask, why are those people there? What do they do? Because for seven years, you've just established that everything on the bridge is there for a purpose and is needed, and we know what it all does. And now, just today, you woke up and thought, hey, more money for sets. Let's stick some control panels on. But hey, I'm not bitter. <laughs> and then we have Riker and Worf walking down into engineering, and Worf is explaining uh, what it was that... Uh, that caused the big explosion that took out the observatory. And they explained that it was, uh, that the star was destroyed using trilithium. It is a substance that is capable of halting all fusion reaction within a star. No, it's not. No. Trilithium is a waste byproduct of warp engines on Federation vessels. And once upon a time, terrorists came on board and tried to steal it, and Picard went all diehard on him and prevented the theft and took out all the terrorists because Picard is a badass. That's what trilithium is. And they use the same word. That. I know. That might be the one point of generations that bothers me the most. Because it's not like there's no one involved in the production that remembers, hey, we know that word because that was in like what season six. Yeah. That was not very far from the end of the series. They should have remembered, Hey, we just used that word like two years ago. No, we'll use it again. No one's going to remember. Of course they're going to remember They're star Trek fans. That's what they do. People know how many wrinkles 
data collects from one season to the next. Too many. Yes. <laughs> I think he would agree, though. <laughs> like, I try and not age, but it, it, it just didn't work. It kind of happens. And we, we thought about putting a line into the script to explain why Dr. Sung thought it necessary to build B4 with a few extra kilos on him. Oh, yeah, that one never occurred to me. Like, why does he already look old? What was that about? Ah, yeah. Because <laughs> it was a crap idea, that's why. Talk about not thinking something through. That's what they yeah. did for that. Um, But to drag us back to Quantum Leap, yeah, the, the, you, you kind of... Choices of, of bringing it back, you can't reboot, so you've got to continue. You can't... We, I think we're past the point where we can use Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell. Aren't we? As much no, as we not. love them, as much as we enjoy seeing them in television together, as evidenced by me flicking through both their IMDb lists now and seeing just the number of times since Quantum Leap where one of them has appeared on a television program for no other reason than the other one is on that television program. <laughs> that happens a lot. It happened in Enterprise. It happened in... I think Dean Stockwell's just been in uh, uh, Scott Bakula's current se- series of... Is it NCIS? Uh, yeah, NCIS New Orleans. New Orleans. Um, so I would have it, liked to have seen Scott Bakula show up on uh, Battlestar Galactica, but... Yeah, that would have been they, good. They didn't go for it. No. Um... And I, I don't think we're we're past the point where we can use them. I mean, maybe don't use them a lot, but if you're going to have the series focus on the search for Dr. Beckett, we're going to have to see him at some point. We are as well, aren't we? Because he doesn't that... have to be the star, but we have to see him. He's going to have to show up. Now, Dean Stockwell, we're going to need him at the beginning because he's he's our, our um, entrance. He's our gateway into the series to bring us back into that timeline. And that helps to kick off the story. He doesn't have to show up after the pilot episode. It would be nice if he did, but yeah, we he don't need him much. But we do need to at least see him once yeah. to show the to show the passage of time. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, inevitably, our series, if we're going looking for Sam Beckett, we either have to find him or find out that we can't find him don't we mm-hmm. um so ev- eventually he's gonna have to be in it and I-, I think we could pay him enough money to do that yeah i'm a- i'm an executive at universal television today so uh we- we've got the cash don't well, we yeah ab- absolutely and especially considering what show it is and i would assume by the time we get this show off the ground ncis new orleans will probably be off the air if it's not already because eh, i don't think so I've not and, watched it yet. Do you know what? I downloaded the entire first season to watch, purely based on Scott Bakula's presence. And uh, plus, I was quite getting into Criminal Minds at the time, so it, mm-hmm. it struck me as a similar thing. Not watched a single one. <laughs> I, I'll be honest; I don't know how interested in it I am. Really, I, I think not very is the answer. So, the, I've but, been moving through my life on the assumption that it's already been cancelled. It hasn't, though. They've just started season two. Oh, they started airing season two? Yeah, it looks, according to IMDb, there are four episodes into season two. Huh. That was, I episode am... four was on last week. It's on again tomorrow. I'm a little surprised. Yeah. These things uh, last well, for, like, well, a decade. Hopefully he'll though. be able to take some time off to do a oh. few guest appearances for for this new series. And Skype just did a 
total. A total? <laughs> Hang on, I haven't got a word you just said. Skype just totally lost its shit. No, okay, I'm starting to hear you again. I think that I don't know what that was. That was just a massive Skype explosion that just happened. Mm. I didn't hear anything on my end. I, I heard you say Skype just uh, did a total... And then there was silence for a while. Yeah, it, it went weird. You were all stuttery. I haven't, right, so assume I haven't heard anything you just said for like the last 30 seconds. Well, I wasn't talking because I figured there was a problem, so I just kept quiet. All right, fair enough. So then, I, I, I'm excited about this new Quantum Leap series. I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying, I'll draw us to a close now. I, I think that's that's a good point to sort of leave it. Um, yeah, I mean, after that, there's no point in trying to get into movie pitches. I'd considered let's let's have a movie where Sam leaps into himself because that's happened before. Yeah, but Sam leaps into himself like the day before his first leap. So the day before the pilot episode of the original series, and we find out that he and Hologram Al are there Project Quantum Leap, and now they're faced with a decision. Do they take steps to stop him from leaping and thus prevent his getting lost forever in time? Or do they make sure that he leaps the first time as he did before in order to keep him out there doing good? Oh, you keep him leaping. Oh, of course you do. That's that's how it would end. They would have to make sure... Sam would have to make sure that he himself leaps out See, the I... next day and and at some point they do a little business with Ziggy and then we get a flash forward into what we would call present day where Ziggy and we would have to bring Dean Stockwell back for this as well Dean Stockwell and Ziggy have a conversation where Ziggy says yes I've known this whole time that Sam was the one that made Sam leap I just couldn't tell you guys because for you it hadn't happened yet Get a nice little paradox thing going on. Nice. That was the best movie that I could come up with, and that would have been the cap that that would bring the whole thing to a close. So you come back to where where it started. The whole thing is a loop, and then that movie caps off the entire series. And then after that, you can't do anything else. I like it. It's a good idea. Mine was just going to be sort of a. uh, It would have been a standalone movie based on a television series after they'd found Doctor Beckett. Mm-hmm. It, it wouldn't have been as good. Fans would have been upset. You can't make my movie. Maybe you can, because you know what? I'm the executive. <laughs> and I'll say what movies we make. That's right. We'll make the movie where Sam leaps into a passenger on one of the one of the planes hijacked on 9-11. <gasps> That's awesome, but too dark at the same time. <laughs> right? <laughs> Far too dark. But But genius. But you can't make that. No, you can't make that. That someone no. else has to make that. But I kind of like, yeah, because you'd have to have him saving the people from nine eleven, and it's it's too close. It's it's no, no. I'm not I'm not touching that one actually now. No. Oh wait, no, no, no. I got it. I got it. I got it. We find out that Sam is the reason that the third plane was downed before it struck the Pentagon. <gasps> no, this is all too far. No, no. No, 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 can't, no, we're not making that one, no. 
Yeah, no, no. Why am I not an executive? Well, now we know. No, you can't make I, that I, film. I'm a, I'm a story man. I'm the story man. You are. You're good at this. I'll I'll <laughs> give you that. We just must not put fly, Sam Beckett on on that plane. That, After that. we close the episode, I'm going to give you my pitch for how to bring Stargate back. Don't bring Stargate back. I'm not prepared to hear that one. In all honesty. <laughs> You, you know, you might... You know, don't bring Stargate. Why would you bring Stargate back? Good God, man. Because Stargate is amazing. Stargate is 17 seasons of great television with wonderfully laid out mythology and universe building. And they are truer to their own storylines than Star Trek has ever been. <sighs> I'm not watching Stargate. There's been a decade-long campaign to get me to watch Stargate. And I have seen Stargate... I am not watching it again. Uh, I am not a fan. So that's that's they, where I am with it. They nailed the evolution of technology in that particular setting. They they really did. First Point. season, they hardly know what they're doing. They only have whatever equipment that they are given by the Air Force. And by the time you get to the final season, they have starships and faster than light travel and energy weapons. They have evolved. They have grown their own capacities and capabilities based on what they have found and collected and learned throughout 10 years on the show. Yeah. That is, that is a writer's room that's doing it correctly by expanding and growing all 10 years. I could go on about that stuff for a while. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, next week we will be doing an actual episode of Quantum Leap, which I watched last night. It was very good, and uh, that's that's pretty much everything, isn't it? We don't we don't really have a lot of wrap up here. Uh, be sure to check out some of our other shows, like uh, Take It or Leave It, or Simply Syndicated Movie News with me and Scott. That's an awesome show. Mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it every week. Except for the weeks that I'm not there. Me too. <laughs> and and if uh, anyone who's listening to this, if you guys like the idea of um, a podcast that does an episode-by-episode episode, uh, discussion of a particular series, then slide on over to the 7th Chevron. I know Richard's not going to do it, but the rest of you guys slide over to the 7th Chevron with uh, Rick and uh, Ro Mantanona as they discuss Stargate episode by episode yeah they are you've got to give people freedom to do the creative endeavors they want to do that's that's the way i look at it i I don't have to watch stargate it's all okay it's all okay you know it's do you know what i just as as someone who runs a podcast network i discovered a great phrase a long time ago and it was uh, yeah it's great i'd love you to do that i'm not going to be on it but i would absolutely adore it if you made that show go for it but i'm not going to be on it but you you can make that, and I will facilitate the distribution of that show that you make mm-hmm. without me. That's how I got uh, my show with Rick, where we discussed Babylon 5. Exactly. That was it. Can there be a Babylon 5 show? Hell yeah. Not with me. But you can absolutely go and do one. But I'm not going to do it. But and We've got an episode in the can just waiting for Rick to post it, so that's coming back as well. Excellent. Excellent. <clears throat> so check out simplysyndicated.com and SoundCloud. Uh, for all of those, all our stuff's on SoundCloud as well because you like SoundCloud, and we do too. To be perfectly honest, it's it's great. 
So all that stuff's there. You can go and check it out and stuff. So thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with another show. Until then, goodbye. <laughs>